yoga teachers, mindfulness leaders, and energy workers. Are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? Welcome to the Marketing Off The Mat Podcast. Each week, your host, Jessica Cross, dives into conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take your business from A to B and have some fun along the way. Grab some tea and pull up a seat. Let's dive into this episode. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. This is Marketing Off The Mat. If this is your first episode, thank you so much for hitting play. If this is your over your 100th episode, oh my gosh, thank you so much for hanging in. It's been such a pleasure to continue to have these conversations and to support yoga teachers, energy workers, and healers and building businesses that really support them so that they can support others. I'm just so glad that you're here. And speaking of supporting others, we have an incredible support today in Dory Walker. Dory has been teaching yoga for over 22 years. She's the mother of two, a published author. She's also a Vedic chant teacher, a meditation trainer, and she leads global global retreats. She has an incredible passion for standing for women and women who teach yoga and making sure that they have the support that they need to rise and really spread their wings and support themselves while they're supporting others. We have an incredible chat on the energetics of a yoga business today. I know that you're going to love her so much. So let's dive in. Hey, Dory, how are you? I'm great. Thank you, Jessica. So lovely to be in conversation with you today. Oh my goodness. Likewise. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for your time. Just so glad that you're here and I can't wait to chat more with you and for the listeners to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. Likewise. I'm looking forward to get to know you. And I think any any conversations we can have to up-level yoga in any way, we are, as I always think, in any yoga conversation, ripping open a packet of seeds and sprinkling those seeds. Who knows where they'll land or when they'll get watered, but we are doing our job by sowing them. So yeah, delighted to be here. Oh my gosh. Like maybe they've gotten started and I'm like, yes, tell me more. This is so good. I love that analogy. So, okay. We heard a little bit about you in your intro, but would love to hear from you. Just tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your career journey and how it brought you to today. Sure. Um, so, uh, I began, I always think that the first seed, if we're talking about packets of seeds and seeds being planted, I often think that, um, I mean, maybe lifetimes ago, right? I don't know where that first seed, but my sort of conscious sense of where my curiosity of yoga came in this life, anyhow, was probably from my parents. Um, My mum and dad drove to India in the 60s from the UK and they converted an old van and they they drove partly because they were into the Beatles who were into Maharishi, who were into TM meditation and they were hippies and like off they went. But one of the things that they brought back with them was the most incredible inspiring photograph album that I grew up kind of looking over and feeling inspired by. And also... um, my dad particularly used to chant as our kind of bedtime song, the Maha Mantra. So I remember sort of being snuggled in bed with my dad and my sister and chanting Hare Rama, Hare Krishna. And and it was sort of years later, and, and my dad had a corporate job in the city, and it wasn't like it wasn't like I was living a kind of yoga life at home, right? But there was this seed. And um 
And so, you know, fast forward several years, I remember then um, picking up a book on the bookshelf at home that was about meditation. And it talked about counting your breaths and sort of, and I remember then sort of taking that on and on my way to the school bus, like breathing consciously and counting my breaths. And again, then I had a wild teenage years and, you know, went off to college and sort of didn't think about it. But there's these seeds. When I look back, I think that there are these seeds. Um, and then when I was at university, I was having a pretty hedonistic time, but also found a yoga class. And that yoga class started, it was like the day that I went to the class, I didn't smoke any pot or have a drink. It was like, I wanted the yoga experience, right? And then it became two days a week and then three days a week and then four days a week. And the balance shifted and the other stuff just didn't have a pull so much. Um, and I wrote my dissertation on spirituality and digital art. And I think that started to get me curious in terms of like the philosophy and, and yeah, the philosophy. And so as soon as I graduated, I went to upstate New York and did my first teach training course um, during 9-11, actually. So that was a kind of crazy time as well. It was like people on my training course had people who were in the towers who died. So the whole course was this uh, cauldron, actually, of emotion, but also sort of even brought out what yoga is even about, the transcendent piece, the unity piece, the acceptance piece. So anyway, that was the beginning of my um training journey and I had no intention right of teaching it was kind of like I finished I graduated what am I going to do in my like summer break before I come back and I get a job and my life starts and so I went off and had this experience that was completely life-changing like completely life-changing and I just felt like after that I got these diamonds gems in my pockets and it just felt completely wrong not to share them so when I got back to London my regular um, yoga teacher said hey will you cover a class and kind of like the rest is history I did then get a job and I had a job for about six months only um, and in that time I started to cover classes and even start to get my own and six months in that was it I gave up the I gave up the corporate job and I've taught yoga ever since um, uh, so yeah so then I had a couple of years and it's funny because I talked to people about this because it was 2000 and 2001, 2002. You know, it was the era of, yeah, of course the internet was there, but, you know, I don't think, we, it was just different. It was flyers and it was just a completely different vibe. It was kind of feeling still like I was teaching in an analog age. <laughs> it was sort of something quite, uh, something quite different. So I was cycling around London, teaching probably like 25 classes a week, bundle of energy. And I did that for about 18 months. And then I went to India and kind of didn't come back. I then had seven years of being very peripatetic, living between Canada and India and, um, Egypt and I really feel like that was my yoga university years that I then just you know I was in my 20s and just absorbed myself in practice and study which was um well I just feel like it was a gift right because I I was just at that stage in my life where I was ripe I didn't have responsibilities and 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 it was it was wonderful so I had this really immersive time um 
And yeah, I think my sort of interest in Sanskrit and Vedic chanting was seeded in that time. Um, and so, yeah, the time went on and I was teaching in Egypt. So I'd get, I'd have a sort of residency job um, teaching for a couple of months. I'd earn enough money to then kind of carry on. I was living on an ashram in Canada in the summers. And then when I got back to the UK or as you know, I was starting to get a bit bored out of living out of a bag by the time I sort of turned 30 and was like, oh, maybe I need to, maybe I want to kind of, so, you know, something's going to, something's going to shift. So came back to the UK and I think that was when I, I guess, sort of started my yoga business in a way. I had a kind of vision of what I wanted to do and um, it was kind of very serendipitous actually because I, I didn't have much money because I'd been doing all of this traveling but I was like, I'm going to start my own studio. I don't have a sort of, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rent a really big two bedroom apartment where the second bedroom can be a studio. So I found this amazing apartment where you could get 14 people in the second bedroom, right? It was a beautiful Georgian. It was, it was great. I was like, I'm not sure how I'm going to afford this. And then literally this book deal came out of nowhere and Octopus Publishing asked me to write a book called The Yoga Guru. And it was weird that the amount of money, so it was like, it was a commission, I guess. The amount of money that I got paid for doing this book was like one year's rent. So I was like, okay, my year is paid. I just get going, you know, I just get going. So that was, um, that was fun. And I was teaching like, busy, busy, I don't know, sometimes four classes a day. I do two in the evening, back to back, one before work, one at lunchtime and kind of got stuff going and off the ground. Um, and it was, it was sort of small scale and grassroots, but it was like community. And on a Friday night, I do kirtan and cook soup. And it was really lovely, you know, it kind of got going. And it was in that time also, where I was kind of thinking, I want more, I want to go deeper. Go, do I go and do an MA in Sanskrit and Indian philosophy or mm, I want it to be really embodied and practical and that's where I then started to really get into Vedic chanting and discovered the Krishnamacharya lineage and it happened that um, they were doing a two-year Vedic chant teacher training course in the UK and Radha Sundarajan was was flying in from Chennai for like 10-day stints and so I committed to that and that was perfect and that was sort of my next bit of training um, and started running my own teacher training courses as well at that time and did that for a few years. And then it was like, OK, now I want to uh, buy a property. Ah, I couldn't really afford a property that was big enough. So I moved the business out of the flat into a, a rented space Um yeah, and 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 kind of it 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 shifted a bit at that point, um, and then and then what happened? And then I got pregnant a few years later, I think, and and then things shifted again into. Um, I'd always been running retreats, like retreats had always been a feature right back from 2002 when I did my first retreat, like a year after I first did my training. Um, but I kind of had a baby and I was like, okay, teaching 15, 16 classes a week. And I had lots of private clients at like 6.45 in the morning. It just wasn't gonna work anymore. So it's like, okay, time to shift. So I collaborated with um, an already established yoga retreat business and amalgamated my retreats into them. 
um, and then spent the next seven years, I just stopped doing it really at the beginning of this year, building up a UK retreat business. And, and I was sort of behind the scenes quite a lot on my laptop. Um, and this is a bit of sort of non-energetic alignment. It was aligned at the beginning because I was like, this is perfect. I've got one baby and then got another baby. What can I do on my laptop at any time of day, kind of from home? I can, I know how to administrate retreats. That's great. I'm still, still kind of in it, but it doesn't rely on me being at the top of my mat at antisocial hours, you know, talking. So I, I, in collaboration with this retreat company, built, built the UK side of the business up, um, which I stepped away from earlier this year because it, it, it was one of those things that on paper it didn't make sense, but in my heart, energetically, it was just not the thing I wanted to do anymore. Um, Excel spreadsheets, which is, you know, it was basically, okay, the administration of it was a lovely subject and great, but at the end of the day, it was on my laptop doing spreadsheets and it was great while I was in nappies and breastfeeding, but I kind of, you know, it was time to move the business away from that. Um, yeah, and then, so what else has sort of happened? And then since the pandemic, the business has become quite digital. And I think um, maybe really up until having kids, the, I had the, maybe the mindset of feeling like, as long as my yoga can support my lifestyle and my freedom to travel, which I always continued to do. So even while I was sort of teaching from home and, and doing all of that, I would still go off to India once a year and, and sort of have some time. It kind of, and it allowed me to save up enough money to get a deposit, to buy an apartment and stuff. So it wasn't like it was kind of cramping me, but it was like, as long as my lifestyle could kind of be maintained. And then when I had my girls, it really was something shifted in me of like, if I want to be able to turn around to them and say, you can do anything you want to do, you can absolutely follow the thing that lights your heart up and have that thing be the thing that, you know, sends you to college and sends your children to college and does whatever. There's just a mindset shift to kind of embody that CEO and actually go, this is a business. How do I then treat this as a business and allow it to grow into its own um, thing? And, and I think that was, and, and as sort of out of that has grown a real sort of desire in me to champion other women, because I think for a long time, I did have a mindset that was slightly attached to some of the yoga world mindset of this thing that actually, if you're a yoga teacher, you have to sort of slightly resign yourself to poverty and, and scarcity. And it was just like, okay, that wasn't, that wasn't really going to work anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I had more mouths to feed and uh, aspirations absolutely. And desires of how I want to bring them up and that, that, needs money so great let's let's turn this thing into a profitable business so certainly over the last um you know five years or so I've moved a lot more into um mentoring I one I invested massively in myself in a way that made no sense absolutely no sense like I thought I was going to throw up when I kind of invested in a mentor for a year um that has that made you know helped me scale my business and up grade my business and my mindset and really get focused on what are the goals here 
And out of that, I've had such huge quantum shifts and bounds, a bit like the gems in my pockets all those years ago. I have that same feeling of, you know, if I can do it, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. So, you know, let's share share this love and elevate the status of, of yoga teachers to be, you know, hugely prosperous if that's what they desire. Mm. Oh, my goodness. So I absolutely just love your story. It was so interesting to hear just kind of all the twists and turns. And, you know, uh, we were talking before we hit record, you know, those that are listening, we're kind of talking about the different phases of, of your business. And as you were kind of moving through different phases and seasons in your life, how your business kind of also went through a similar, you know, twist and turn on the journey. And that I just love it. It's fascinating. And you took little pieces and parts of you, like the gems that are in your pockets, and they have kind of informed each, each step and each new season that you stepped into. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah, no. And it, and I, I think the thing that um, continues to inspire me is um again certainly within the last 15 years it wasn't maybe so much for the I would say the first sort of five seven years of my yoga journey I was taught a lot by men I was even in kind of institutions that were quite patriarchal and then there was there has been a shift so it's like my current asana teacher she's 82 I mean she was one of Iyengar's very first female students she's an incredible woman and and somebody else I learned with as well she's in her 80s Radha my incredible chant teacher she actually died of covid last year but she was in her 70s and so like these these incredible women that have been doing it for multitude of decades that that are that kind of inspiration it just makes me feel so excited about the future you know why would one want to retire you know so yeah yeah i i think that's when you know you're on on to your into your your dharma your path is yeah. that that thing is like you just you can't even imagine retiring no I mean obviously you got to do it and again it gets to evolve in a different way but you know just um just last month uh, I was in Italy for a few days with with Donna Holloman my main asana teacher and she's 81 you know she's still got the curiosity of a child it's wonderful there's no yeah yeah mm. so we have we have teachers in a similar in a similar lineage because I I've studied with Judith Lassiter and i at, she's my, I would consider my teacher and just the same, just very much the same. She's so grounded and clear and also so curious and excited about, you know, just what's in front of her. And I just, I just aspire like hashtag goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, so funny. So, okay. So part of your business, you have moved into, as you're saying, mentoring teachers, up and coming teachers, even probably business owners who have been at this teaching for a while and are looking to uplevel their brand and their offerings. And I bet there's a lot of talk about energetics when it comes to running a yoga business. So I feel like that's kind of a buzzy term right now. And so I'm wondering if you would um, be able to just kind of break down what you, what does the energetics of business actually mean? And, um, you know, you know, what are, what are a couple of like easily under understandable concepts that you could share when it comes to energetics of business? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think, you know, energetics of business, energetics of life, right. It's that piece of, um, alignment so I think first and foremost you know it's often like 
when we think of the business, the business is an entity in and of itself. Like if we were, if we were to sit it in a chair or on a meditation cushion opposite us and say, hey, you know, call it by its name and ask it, you know, who are you and what do you stand for and what, what do you want? Where do you want to go? And part of that is obviously our vision for it. And then it's that piece of, are we then showing up and behaving and being in alignment to the goals that we have for the business? Because maybe we say, you know, we want the business to be a six-figure business or a multiple six-figure business or to be an international business or to be a whatever it might be, right? Whatever it might be. But then to really look at how we are embodied in our life like are we really living the teachings that we're sharing are we living in alignment to the say the things that we say that we're going to do but and I think I mean this is important in any business right any business but even more when the thing that you're sharing or teaching is about how you be in how you be so I think that that piece is is really really important and also to kind of look at the energetics of where the business is I often think a business is a bit like a child you know there's the conception of it there's the gestation then we bring it into the world and we birth it and then it sort of needs to be coddled a bit initially and sort of you know it, it can feel in those early moments of a business like we have to tend to it 24 hours a day particularly before we can hire any help or get the nanny in to sort of help us at the weekend or whatever and then it has adolescence and if it survives it, it goes into a maturation process so I think also just to a bit like being a young mum or a young parent or you know not young or old doesn't matter how old you are but having a, a young child to kind of know where you are in that process um so that you can give it what it needs, the nurturing that it needs, um, knowing that it's a, a marathon, not a sprint, so that you can also, um, you know, schedule in time to rejuvenate yourself so that you, you have got that eagle vision. I often think of Garuda as being a really important kind of companion in business so that we've got that eagle eye vision to so that we can see where we're out of integrity right because I think that that's the sort of real piece of knowing when we're you know true energetic alignment is that piece of when we who we are being who we say we are um, and what we say we're here to do so it's not so much about what we're doing but how we're being you know when the door is shut at the end of the day because that really affects everything um and uh you know one of the one of the maps and it's actually a course that I, I'm I'm doing soon but one of the maps I think is really useful and I offer to to my students but particularly to the people that I mentor is the Purushastras from the Vedas and that we have these four goals in life. And in a way, we can also think about the health of our business in terms of that as well. You know, what is the dharma of the business? What is the purpose of it? What is its, what is its coding? And then knowing that, you know, it's also got to have that art of it. What, for it to be a business, it needs to have prosperity goals and, and pieces around it. And the kama is, is that, um, you know, sensuality and our pleasure 
Like, are we actually enjoying it? Because if we're in a place where we're kind of in resentment to it or starting to feel like we're living for the weekend or we're living for retirement, you know, particularly when we're in this kind of business, we know that we're, we're a bit out of energetics. So I think, you know, if we can have that relationship to our business that it, it's it's like a lover it's like a child we want to tend to it we're not overly attached so that we don't know how to kind of you know check out for the weekend and 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 take a break but that there is this um yeah desire to to kind of grow in intimacy with it and then obviously the the last purushastra is the is the um moksha the the liberation and i think for me um whenever i'm teaching or is just to just bring people always back you know what is yoga what are we doing here and does the alignment of the business the messaging everything that you're doing is it leading you not only along the practice the path but also to that goal um and when we are remembering to show up remembering who we are and in that embodiment be a signpost for others along that journey um we're in alignment and if we get you know, if we've kind of lost that and we're just in reaction to, oh, God, what's the next fad or this or that or that? And we've lost that integrity. That can often be a sort of sign that we're out of alignment, I would say. Mm. Ooh, so good. If you're at <laughs> home, maybe you're scribbling down some notes. If you're driving, wait a second and re-listen to, to all the things that Dory just said, because that was so good. Like, I just love the parallels that you made to, you know, the gestation, gestation process, and then also to Garuda and having that eagle eye sense, uh, the higher view, if you will, of, you know, what's going on energetically in your business. And all of that makes so much sense. Thank you for breaking that down for us. No worries. Yeah. So, all right. So one of the things that was kind of coming up for me as you were you know, talking us through all of that is like, you know, we were talking about the reactionary, you know, following trends or, you know, just having to continually react to things in our business. And, you know, I think that would potentially be a side of misalignment as you were kind of talking about. So if someone's listening and they're finding, they're like, oh, gosh, that, you know, really resonates with where I am in my business. I feel like I'm constantly reacting or I'm feeling a little misaligned and working for the weekend, so to speak. Like, what would you offer to somebody who's listening a couple of tips um, to kind of recenter and, you know, you know, potentially realign or, or start fresh even? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the um, things to come back to when we get a bit discombobulated and a bit fried and a bit kind of just you know engrossed in in the sort of doing because there is a lot of of doing when we're running a business particularly if it's in that sort of startup phase is to come back to the why you know why are we doing this what is the bigger vision what is the why beyond the why even and to sort of allow ourselves to dream into yeah, what is that bigger picture? Because that can really, really help then being motivated and, and staying the course. And I think as well, sometimes um, 
you know, we live in a culture now, a global culture of constant acceleration, constant instant gratification, that sometimes we also, one, we can feel that that's somehow the yoga practice has got to be an extension of that. And we've just got to kind of keep changing it up all the time to keep people interested when I would feel quite passionate about actually our job is to allow to, to hold people in a container where they can actually learn to concentrate and in that sort of pierce the eye of the needle into themselves. But anyway, that's a, that's a sort of another story, but to kind of come, yeah, to really come into alignment with the why um, and, and the thing that they're really passionate about. And to also, I think that the easiest thing to share is the embodiment piece. So, you know, if, I don't know, what's a faddy thing? You know, if, if goat yoga is faddy or, um, you know, they, we can make up anyone, right? Because that they're all there or, um, you know, hot power yoga only in pink on a Sunday is the fad thing or whatever. If that's not the thing that really charges you up, you know, there, if, if you're just in it for a business idea, there's easier ways, you know, <laughs> get into real estate or do something else if, if your main thing is that. But I think when we're bringing ourselves and our passion into it, it's that first and foremost of like, what, what look at your day, you know, look at your week. One, are you practicing? Because I think this is one of the things that I see so much if people get sort of spat out at the end of 200 hours and then think, right, I'm going to start a business. And then all about the business before they've actually gotten an embodied practice, which is also why I think mentorship is so desperately needed, um, particularly for people that, you know, are in it for the marathon or not even the marathon. It's an ultra marathon, right? And it's an ultra marathon on an ultramarathon, on an ultramarathon. So we do need trainers and we do need a cheer, people cheering us and people nourishing us a, along the way. So, um, but I also think just even in sort of sharing my story is to look at what are your core values in life? Um, and then does the business allow you to do that? You know, if your top thing is being able to be a digital nomad, your business model can totally support that, but it's going to be different than if your top value in life is always tending your veggie garden, in which case, you know, finding a, a town that's crying out for yoga um, might be the thing. So it's also, I think, kind of looking at that alignment of what is particularly true in the era that you're at in your life. Mm, yeah. And I, I, I think you're such a, a beautiful example of that. And the story um, that you have is just kind of, you know, reassessing, you know, as each season and each era, as you're just describing kind of comes and you take in what, what it is that, you know, is, is directly in front of you, you know, when you were having kids and how things needed to shift. And, and now that you're shifting into the, into the next phase, um, just kind of listening to in and into what you, what it is that you need. And I love what you're saying too about trends. And, um, I think it is, you know, I think we're seeing a lot of that right now and probably will continue to where, you know, folks kind of get into it for the, the, yeah, I don't know if wrong's the right word, but wrong reasons, um, thinking that, you know, this is going to be a, a big, uh, you know, moneymaker for them. And as you were saying, there's way easier ways to, to go make a big buck 
<laughs> like real estate or literally anything else. It's, it's like, it's like kind of looking at the thing that lights you up. So I've got um, a friend who she teaches um, baby yoga and baby massage, and she has a hugely successful business, like a hugely successful business. And of course, because of the subject matter, she has a constant supply of fresh students. That's wonderful. Like she lives it. It would be the last thing I would want to do. You know, you could look at that as a business model and go, but but that's, you know, so if you like to, if you want to sort of say knowing your niche, but it's about knowing your passion, you know, so for me, at this point in my career and my life, you know, like I love working with yoga teachers with other yoga teachers or or dedicated students like you know I want to get right in and I want to get you know onto the meat of the bones and and I also want to sort of help other people so it's not that I don't enjoy teaching a beginner's course anymore but I kind of I've done a lot of that for a long time and actually the, the thing that really excites me is is rolling my sleeves up and helping other people fly and, and doing that so I think it's also that's that's the alignment piece because that's going to energize you as opposed to looking at oh yes there's always going to be pregnant people and babies so that's a really good idea that's a really good idea if that's the thing that you're going to wake up dreaming about but it, otherwise it's not a good idea. Mm. Oh yeah, you you totally nailed it. The same can be said. There's always going to be goats. So <laughs> yeah, I love that, and I I, I love the the inner the uh, you know feeling energized piece and excited because as you were saying that your friend's idea does is great for her and energizing for her is not the same experience for you, which it wouldn't be for me either. We you know we all have something that's driving us. We just kind of have to get underneath and you know take a pause lean more into you know our being side and see what it what that is that that small whisper that says that's exciting I want to do more of that because let's face it sometimes it's going to be hard and sometimes it's going to be hard because life happens and stuff happens um and sometimes we just have like you know a bad mental health day like we're human so it's like if we, it, it's least if we're sort of doing something that helps us kind of spring back from that the next day or bolster us along or makes it easier to show up in our professionalism because that is what running a business is about like I say you know life is going to happen and there might be times when we feel like we don't want to show up but we do because we're professional and we're running a business but um so I think that piece as well gets to be talked about more because I think sometimes when people think uh, like that's the energetics of the the business right you know like when you're behaving as a CEO or you're respecting the business you don't just kind of you know shut it up or walk away from it well you can but you have to think about it again it's this child it needs to be fed it needs to be tended to and it needs to be nurtured so that it can um blossom and that doesn't mean that you have to be at the front of the helm all the time so yeah it's a yeah. piece of it yeah yeah you know, one of the things that um uh you know I think people often say you know what what would have you done differently I mean one of the things that I think if I went back in time um is always higher before you're ready like you know get a VA or a PA or whoever it is normally before you're ready, before you need the help, because it frees up, um, you know, you to be in your zone of genius and, and do your thing. So 
but that's about the vision right and it's like how some people don't want to do that so it's it's also really knowing um where where what you want from it and whether it's a business or a high side hobby or there's a difference right and, and I think when you allow it to mature into a business you then also get to how 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 does a CEO of a whatever kind of business show up and behave what do they where do they go how do they speak what do they say and it's that piece of embodiment Mm. And I love what you mentioned about kind of having the, like the side hustle or whatever it is. Cause I know, I mean, I did the side hustle for a long time and it was a, it was a really good experiment to make sure that that was something I wanted to step into full time. And it's, if you're listening right now and you're in that place, it's, it's okay. It's okay to say, you know what? I think I, maybe I don't want this to be a business. I want it to be, you know, something smaller that's just for me. So I don't need to hire a VA or, you know, outsource in any way uh that's you know that's totally okay but as you were saying is like kind of know the difference and get clear with yourself on what the intention is is if you're going to allow it to mature into a business you know you'll have to be able to step into that ceo role and and really you know bring in help and take feedback and show up when things are tough because that's that's what it is it's still it's still work it's still a business absolutely and and getting comfortable with failure um, mm. and, and I think, you know, certainly as, as my business has become more online and digital, you know, really getting okay with being visible and people not liking what you're saying and people, you know, people are not, people are going to not like you, whatever. So you might as well get on and do the thing that you want to do anyway. And, mm. but I think there are, you know, there are some of those things that for some people, they just go, do you know, I just, uh, and then it's fine. It's like nobody's got a gun to our head saying we have to do this or not. But just to kind of being aware that if you do want that, you can absolutely, I, you know, 100%, and I, that's why I want to support anybody that wants to do it, you can have the whatever business you want. You can make it into whatever you want, and it can be hugely abundant and prosperous. But like any business, whether you're whatever it is, you know, you've got to treat it like that and give it the support so that it can have wings and fly and if it's your part-time Saturday job or you're not you don't have to or you don't have the need to or it's the secondary family income because you're doing something else it's all of it's totally fine but I think it's when you're choosing no 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 this is what it is it's also making the space you know clearing the space so that it can grow Mm, yes so I can so resonate with that so good so tell us a little bit about what you have it coming up. And, you know, I know you're really passionate about supporting yoga teachers and I know we have many listening today. So how can they work with you? And um, just tell us a little bit more. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that um, it kind of just came to me like, oh, this is the thing. I've got another thing that came to me recently. I just had a couple of days in Scotland in a cabin on my own and I've got it's going to have to come later in the year, this other course which is about uh, meditation, mantra, movement and manifestation, which I'm really excited about, but I haven't fully downloaded it. But the thing that's coming in January is uh, the Radical Alignment Salon. And it's really based on the teachings of the Purushastras, which I spoke to a little bit earlier, which is, I think when we're in business, it's like looking at all of it, because we know that how we are in our parenting or our intimate relationships or our friendships, like 
how how we are there shows up in our business when we are our business so really looking at that and particularly around the the piece of um prospect so so it's the purushastras but then i i call them the what is your purpose your passion your pleasure your prosperity and peace and what what is it that means that so it's really all about yoga off the mat but how that gets to also translate in into your business so looking at that kind of purpose how can we activate our passion so that that purpose is really done purposefully um, and on purpose and then uh the prosperity is like looking at our money mindset where's that being inherited ancestrally familiarly societally um even in that kind of like yoga world how is that viewed as sometimes being good or bad or you know all of that stuff so that we can clear it so that we can really be in alignment so that's part of the piece and and the pleasure piece so this is a program just for women it's a radical alignment salon just for women and to really look at the pleasure um, you know, this is about being in the energy of the divine feminine and our ability to also sit back and receive. And that's one of the things about being in business as well, like allowing people to pay us, allowing us to, to receive, to just receive. And, and where, again, where is it through, may even be through yoga lineages or religion, again, society, ancestry, that somehow we've been shamed or cut off for, from enjoying pleasure whether that be through art music sexuality food but just really unpacking that to see where where do we um self-censor or shame ourselves to not even allow ourselves to be in that divine feminine receptivity um and the alignment piece of the purpose passion um prosperity and pleasure is is really then our ability to be in transcendence and to enjoy peace so I'm really excited about it. It's a four month container um, and yeah, really about kind of yoga off the mat. Like how does all of this and particularly if we're in business, how we then be that yoga off the mat affects how we show up in our business. So that's one thing. And then the other the other um, project I have got coming up, um, I myself have been in a women's um, it's not exclusive to yoga teachers, but it's a women's mastermind for the last couple of years. And it's been so amazing to be with just badass kind of mums, not mums, but women who are just kind of like absolutely nailing it in business, claiming it, you know, they bring everything to the table. And I was really wanting to, yeah, create a space for, for yoga teachers to have that, like a a space where people can be celebrated and uplifted and championed with energetics, with strategy, with some kind of nuts and bolts stuff as well. But um, I think, you know, environment matters. And particularly when we're going down a path that is maybe unfamiliar, or there, there isn't a rule book, and there isn't a you know, coded way of doing it, that actually having people along our path that champion us, because, you know, I know how hard it has been when people, you know, throw their doubt into the ring for you or, um, and even just in the yoga world, there's so much sort of, oh, there can be sometimes not support or whatever. So actually putting yourself consciously in 
a place where you're going to be 100% supported as, also, as well as kind of have your blind spots reflected back to you. So I'm very excited about, and that's Emergence. It's called Emergence and it's a six month um, mastermind space. Oh my gosh, that all just sounds so yummy. <laughs> I just love, I love your, incre- like the way that you describe things. Also talking about just the whole subject of the episode, you're so in your purpose. Like you're excited about these things. These are containers that you've been in yourself and you're bringing, as you said, the gems in your pockets to your teachers. And I just, it just shows like you're in your voice and on your face too. I'm just lucky I get to see your face as we're talking. (laughs) It's just so good. So so we'll definitely put links in the show notes uh, for folks that are listening. If you, if you guys are interested in that, um, you'll be, have access to it too. And then how can we hang out with you? Where can we find you online if we want to, to connect? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm on Instagram in two different places, uh, at yoga Kutia. Um, and then also I am Dory Walker. Uh, I also have a Facebook group, actually, that's a really nice place to come and hang out um, called the Yoga Practice Hub of Inspiration and Integration. It's a free group and I go live in there once a week um, and sometimes extra things. But that's, you know, that's a nice space to come and be. And it's yeah about elevating the practice. And I'm all about the full spectrum yoga practice. So we talk about you know, asana to samadhi and all the way through and, and those, uh, you know, the yamas and the yamas and really how we kind of show up and be in life. So yeah, those, those spaces, I guess, are uh, first port of call. Perfect. We'll, we'll include those as well. And I'm just so grateful again that you came on today and, and shared all of your wealth of knowledge in the energetics and yoga business. And we're just so grateful to you. So thank you. Really my pleasure. It's been lovely to connect and I hope we do again. Me too. Thanks. What a fun chat. I absolutely love Dory. I'm so glad that you hung in with us and listened to her incredible story and took a little bit away with you on understanding the energetics of business and specifically a yoga business. It was such a nourishing chat for me too. So go give Dory a follow. You can follow her at I am Dory Walker. You can also find her at yoga.kutir that's k-u-t-i-r if you're interested in hanging out with her some more also we have links in the show notes to the two programs that she mentioned so go give her a follow check out those programs if you're looking for some additional support i know that you will love getting to know her just as much as i did so let me know on instagram when you get a second send me a dm at jessicacross.co What did you think of this episode? I would love to know your thoughts and if you have anything to add to the conversation or maybe something you'd like to hear or see in the future. I'm always open to your ideas and I hope that you took a little something in your pocket, the gems that we were talking about. I hope that you got a gem or two to take with you and support the next right step in your business. Thank you so much for being here. Sending you so much love as always. Until next time, keep showing up. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Off the Mat podcast and give yourself some gratitude for taking action in your wellness business journey. Please share this episode with someone you know who could use a fresh dose of inspiration. And we'd be thrilled if you would rate, review, and subscribe to Marketing Off the Mat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to share an idea with Jessica? DM her at jessicacross.co on Instagram to continue the conversation or find out how she can help you take the next right step in your business. Until next time, stay inspired and keep showing up.